0: As we enter this season of Lent, I can't help but think of that gospel passage where Jesus says that there will be wars and rumors of wars, nation will rise against nation, and there will be famines, earthquakes, and false prophets. I don't know if he mentions pestilences in that particular gospel, but I'm sure that he does in one of the others. Pestilence, viruses, earthquakes, wildfires, flooding, protests, misinformation, confusion, And now war it's hard not to think that these are the times Jesus was referring to but it's important to remember that there has been disease wars and natural disasters since the beginning of time Jesus says that of that day and hour no one knows not even himself the important part of that gospel is what he says afterwards about the prudent servant He is prudent because he doesn't stop doing what he is supposed to be doing. So what are we to do when all these calamities happen? We continue doing what we are supposed to be doing. Striving for holiness, helping each other, bringing others to Christ, praying, fasting, almsgiving. And don't be afraid because Jesus also says that when these things begin to happen, it will not yet be the end. This Lent, let's keep our eyes on heaven where we belong, and help others get to heaven with us. The end is not yet. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro... And sitting here with me is Jillian Cantor. Jillian, it's good to be with um, you.
1: It's nice to be here. How are you?
0: I am very good. How have you started your your Lenten journey?
1: Well, slowly but surely. I mean, we all feel, I think, that we've had two years worth of Lent in some ways. <laughs> yes. So we're just keep plodding along.
0: <laughs> yeah, plodding along. And hopefully, hopefully now there's there's Easter. I mean, Easter is always the end of the tunnel, but now we can see the light. Um, Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Um, So, Jillian, today we're going to be joined by Jermaine. Jermaine's going to have some Mm -hmm. books uh, to share. Uh, He always has a children's book. So, I think that's become a thing where he always has like an adult book and a children's book. So always looking forward to hearing what his suggestion yeah. is for children and maybe your children, your six children can be listening in and, and. Uh, well, I like
1: children's books even without children. I think <laughs> always, there's always a good message. It's always nice to sit down and learn a thing or two.
0: It's true. Um, it's true. Know. It's true. Like why write a whole long book when you can just do exactly. lots of
1: just to, get to the point already,
0: lots of pictures and get to the point. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. There you go. So that's the first lesson from Jillian Cantor, because after Jermaine shares his book suggestions with us, we're going to have you telling Mm -hmm. us what you've learned from your kids this month. What uh, can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to learn today?
1: I'll just tell you a little. We're dealing with consequences.
0: Oh, that's an important lesson.
1: Yeah. Nobody likes it.
0: No, but. It's part of life. So that's good. Okay. Looking forward to hearing about consequences. I hope there's a story there because the stories are always fun. Um, So Jill, have you ever heard of the couple to couple league?
1: I've not, but I'm guessing it deals with couples.
0: Yeah. Yes. Very good guess. So, um, and I'm a little ashamed to say, because I had heard of the couple to couple league, but I wasn't quite sure what, what they did. Um, Mm -hmm. They are the largest natural family planning provider in the United States. Um, okay. mm-hmm. So teaching natural family planning. Um, but what really blew my mind is that they've been around for 50 years. So clearly, I mean they've been <laughs> we
1: have not been doing our homework. That's no, awful.
0: no, we haven't. and and they've been, I mean, natural family planning probably has, as we know it today, probably has been around yeah. for 50 years. since since Vatican II, or, or, or so. So they've been really at teaching family, natural family planning since Mm -hmm. the beginning since, Um, but now they're launching an, a new online resource. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. called the fertility science Institute um, that offers resources. Uh, But what's neat is that it goes way beyond the usual natural family planning materials that are usually offered. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. hear about natural family planning at their like marriage prep, and right. they get a little okay. bit about, and it's all very specific mm-hmm. about how to avoid pregnancy. But right. you and I know that natural family planning is much more than just about avoiding pregnancy, um, just fertility care in general. And and so mm-hmm. they're providing all these resources. And now it's all in one handy dandy website. And uh, right. so we're going to find out more. The executive That's director awesome. of Couple to Couple League, Katie Zulanas, is going to be joining us uh, to tell us mm-hmm. all about it in about... 25, 30 minutes or so, 25 minutes. Um, so I'm looking forward to that conversation. And I hope our listeners are too, because yeah. it's going to be good information. And then, okay, so at the end of the show, you, you know how we always have an artist. um And again, I don't know how I've never heard of this guy. He's a priest, <laughs> Father Maximilian Mary Dean. He's a hermit. Maybe that's why I haven't well, heard of him. That
1: might have something to do with why we have not heard of him. But he's That's been on doing... him. You're
0: gonna be a hermit. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure we I'll tell him. Jillian said, No, he's been he's a hermit in Pennsylvania, but he hasn't always been a hermit. In fact, he was a, a Franciscan with the Franciscan Fires of the Renewal for, for some time at first. Um, and he's been doing music all along. Uh, in fact, he's been doing music since he's a teenager, and I think he's probably been a priest for 30 years. So mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm kind of excited to always exciting to to meet new singer songwriters, mm-hmm. new Catholic artists, and so and I'm. Find very, out
1: about being a hermit?
0: I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think that's the first question <laughs> I'm going to ask him. So what is a hermit? What do you do? Because, uh, yeah, a hermit. I don't think most people have come across no. hermits, um, and yeah. So that's in about 45 minutes. We're going to be meeting uh, Father Maximilian Mary Dean our our artists of the week. Um, And a reminder to all of you, if you cannot listen to the whole show, be sure to join our website, to go to our website, slmedia.org. And that's where you can podcast the show. You can also subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts um, because that's what Jill does, right? Yeah, I was
1: going to say every day, but that (laughs) that was maybe overselling it a lot. Definitely a lot.
0: You could, can, can I just say that you could probably listen to it every day because we have done 500 shows
1: well I, but i've kept up to date so you've kept I, up to date so there I are if you want to go and
0: listen to the salt and light hour every day there's about five i don't know if all 500 shows are available on the podcast but probably 300 are there so lots of programs we've been doing this show for 14 years well so. and
1: if they're anything like today's episode there is a lot to learn there's a lots lot of different organizations and people and things you haven't heard of so
0: exactly yeah. Exactly, and uh, good good lessons on consequences Okay, so um, all that's coming up uh, after our song So let's start with uh, Father Maximilian Mary Dean With his song, You Walk on Water From his album of the same name
2: I said, Lord, when will I have the thing To walk on water said child what do you think you are doing now you walk on Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And I'll walk on water. Yeah, I'll walk on water. He said, my child, you must be.
0: That was father maximilian mary dean with the title track of his album you walk on water and we're going to be speaking with father maximilian mary in about 40 minutes so i hope that you can stick around for that and now it's time for book ends with Germain Bagnol. Germain, uh welcome back to the program it's good to see you
3: likewise it feels like it has been way too long How have you yeah, been? It,
0: it does feel that way but i guess yeah, i guess it was december um So, I'm good. Are you? I guess you've been uh, busy reading.
3: (laughs) As always, as always, I have a few on the go at any given time. And today we get to dive into uh, three of them.
0: Okay. So, and I hope that uh, uh, some of them are children's books, right?
3: Oh, you know it. You absolutely know it. All right. So, what do we got? So, first off, Okay, this is not a kid's book, but, you know, adults can pass on the the loving messages that uh, it talks about. So the first book is called The Church's Best-Kept Secret, a primer on Catholic social teaching by Mark P. Shea. It was published in 2020 by New City Press. And for those who are not familiar with Catholic social teaching, uh, it's based on the four pillars of the dignity of the human person, the common good, subsidiarity, and solidarity. Uh, For someone like myself, who's a a revert, uh, this book struck a chord with me as it helped me understand the church's teachings and position on a lot of social issues. And I got to say, Mark Shea did a really good job. He kept it very simple and comprehensive and really broke it down uh, in digestible bits. Uh, So for someone like myself, or frankly, any, any Catholic, no matter where you are in, in your knowledge and understanding, can, can get a lot from it. And, you know, over the last two years of working here at Salt and Light and through the pandemic, funny fun coincidence, uh, I've often heard people talk about, you know, Catholic social teaching, but until diving into this book, I couldn't really understand it. And after reading this, Laudato Si, Fratelli Tutti, and a lot of the other encyclicals uh, have deeper meaning and greater I find greater depth in them and even you know what everything's based off of the gospels and and really seeing how catholic social teaching is straight from the gospel straight from jesus right. so it was, it was really awesome to to kind of okay, that. Into that's that and, great and learn yeah
0: mark that. shea is good he, he's been on this program before um he he is very good and uh and you're right i think there are a lot of catholics that maybe are not familiar with church social teaching they might have heard words like solidarity or you know the dignity of the human person um but they're not quite sure where it comes from and uh it, like you said it's all rooted in scripture and in in church documents um yeah, yeah. encyclicals and, what, and stuff
3: yeah and what, what's great is i you know all catholics are pretty familiar with dignity of the human person around mm-hmm. the pro-life mu- movement but mark shea really does a great job on a, expanding upon that and seeing how these, how CST is applicable in all facets of our life. It's not just this okay. one arm and one movement within the church. It's so much more. It's really, you know.
0: That's great. So, yeah, so, so it can help people understand how it kind of permeates through every little aspect of your life, even at home as, as parents with children or whatever. That's great. So, Absolutely. So, the church's best kept secret. A primer on cho- social, a primer on church social teaching by Mark Shea. Okay, good. That's good. That one's yeah. not the one for kids.
3: Not, not the one for kids. Although parents read it and you can imbue the lessons into your children. Uh, but right. something that's a bit more direct for for the kids. Uh, this comes out of Loyola Press. Uh, it's called Leo's Gift and Meredith's Gift. They were written in 2017 and 2020, respectively. They're written by Joellen Cicerelli, who's the president of Loyola Press. And one of my early interviews in Working in Faith, be okay. sure to check it out. Yeah. Uh, the book is also, it, both books are illustrated by Carrie Schuler. And I should note, Leo's Gift is co-written by Joellen Cicerelli and uh, Susan uh, Blackaby. And so these two books, even though they're three years apart, they're they're kind of like a series. So they follow Leo and and Meredith uh, Marigold. So they're brother and sister. And these two books explore the concept of gift and treasure. And in Leo's gift, even uh, give a definition of gift. You know, a present, a talent, ability, a special capacity in a person. And treasure is any kind of resource or quality of great value. And that's the hub for these two books, you know. So, in Leo's gift, uh, Meredith's gift, like I said, they take their their siblings. Um, so, in the first book, Meredith is Leo's big sister. She loves mm-hmm. all things basketball, girl after my own heart, yeah. and she knows it's her gift and, and push and wants to push all other things aside to focus on it. Even though uh, she knows this to be the case, she has to take her piano lessons. She does it because she has to, but and. But she does so because it's an obligation, not because it's her passion. Mm-hmm. And even in the midst of it, she's constantly saying how much she loves basketball. And this, her talent and her gift, is actually reaffirmed by others, you know. Um, but her little brother, at this time in this book, isn't so fortunate. He doesn't know his his thing, so to speak. And in the book, they what's what I love about it is they show that he tries. You know, oh, yeah. he, he tries a lot of different things. He tries skiing, painting, catching bugs, magic, you know, and he, he doesn't find his thing. Oh, but I love it. He, oh, it's so adorable. Cause he's the younger brother and you, know, he's just trying and, but by chance he realizes that music is his love when oh. his sister decides to show him what she's learning and instantly it like takes to him and you, you just see a gift flourish and, it just kind of came by happenstance. And and that's what I really like about it. Because uh, that, that piece particularly resonated with me. Yes, I'm an adult. And the children's book resonated with me. <laughs> uh, so I, I love that messaging. It's like that willingness to try and be open, you know. And uh, the second yeah. book, so three years later, focuses on Meredith, who, you know, it, her gift, her talent is with basketball. Uh, but in this book, it's not about reaffirming about her gift. It's like, Okay, what happens when this flow is interrupted? Okay, she has a heart condition, which means she oh, can wow. no longer, no longer, she can no longer play. And but in moving to the sidelines of the sport, she actually finds her true calling as a coach. Oh, so okay. yeah, so it's it's really it's really great messaging uh, because it, it just it shows people of all ages one try new things and and be open to what God has placed in your heart. And, you know, it'll get you, you'll know when you're when you're in that thing. And, and the other portion of it is that when we're dealing with setbacks or suffering, something mm-hmm. can be learned and learned in it and, and from it, which I think is particularly uh, something we can all focus on as we're coming on two years and change within the pandemic. You know. Yes. So it, these are, are great books for that. And Definitely take time. I, I recommend parents get this book, read with your kids. And it, it just has simple messaging. And I have no doubt that parents will learn from it themselves too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Those
0: are, you're right. Very important message. Uh, finding your gift. That's uh, that's important, but also when things change how to adapt and, and maybe the real gift is found in, in those situations. It um, sounds wonderful. I wish my yeah. kids were little.
3: Uh, <laughs> it's not too late. I know they're a bit older, but, you know, no, maybe gonna, break it out of the dinner table. Just, absolutely.
0: Just, and talk about, <laughs> about, about, gifts and some important things. Um, Jermaine, thank you. So we've got social church, social teaching by Mark Shea, the church's best kept secret. The church's best kept secret, a primer on church social teaching by Mark Shea it's published by new city press. And then we've got from Loyola press. We got Leo's gift and Meredith's gift. So those are two uh, children's books and, and, and a book for maybe not uh, for older children. Um, uh, thank you, Jermaine, for these suggestions. I'm uh, sure they're going to be very helpful for a, a lot of our listeners.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. Look forward to the uh, next time when I could share what I'm reading.
0: Jermaine Bagdell, he's our book contributor and the producer of the Salt and Light production Working in Faith. You can watch that program at slmedia.org and you can follow him. At Jermaine
4: Hi, this is Bob Halligan Jr. from Kaylee Rain, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to slmedia.org slash podcast. All our shows are archived there. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me back, even after even after, uh, after me, during minutes. the intro. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you you've been learning. You've been learning about consequences.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always known about them, but <laughs> it's time to teach my kids about them. Okay. Um. So I yeah recently had the experience where Annie, our beloved nine-year-old, was telling me that she never ever never ever wants to have a consequence. Now unfortunately, this wasn't the scenario where she came to me innocently and lovingly telling me, I'm going to be the best girl ever because I never ever want to have a consequence. Um, No, indeed it was that she had done something wrong, some behaviors needed to be corrected, and we were having a discussion about consequences when she made this pronouncement, consequences are not fair, I never want to have one, like, well then, first of all, then what's my point? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and also what kind of person would you turn out to be that's terrifying I don't even <laughs> want to imagine but anyway I tell you this now because we have all entered all of us children and grown-ups and everyone alike we have now entered into the season of consequences because when you think about it Lent is just that it's the time we have to deal with the results of our own behaviors wow, um, yeah. when you- is, it, is that profound? I don't know.
0: <laughs> that is profound. I'd never thought about it, but yeah, thank you. Wow. That is what profound. we
1: give up for Lent is often a result of what it is that we have been indulging in. So whether that's too much screen time, so we're going to limit that it's too much snacking. So we're going to limit that it's too much, too many sweets. So we're going to give up those for Lent. Um, it really identifies who we are, who we've been through the rest of the year, or what we've been amping up to and it's now time to pull back and to deal with in a, to deal with the consequences of our behaviors, really. Um, and I think in some ways, it's good, I mean, as much as Annie and I both don't like consequences, it's good to deal with them now in Lent before they take a life of their own. So we're gonna examine, you know, what is it that, you know, what sort of behaviors need correcting, are we gonna handle it now in Lent before it becomes something that's too big. So what I mean by that for an example, which is pretty, it's a minimal example, but just to make my point, just to to try to clarify what it is I'm saying, let's say it is your screen time that you're dealing with in Lent. This is the consequence you're gonna handle. Going unchecked, maybe that means um, you haven't been paying full or adequate attention to the people around you, to the actual people's faces, the people that are right there in front of you. Instead, you're stuck on your screens. What that could end up, the real consequence, long-term consequence of that might be, is hurt relationships. It might mean fighting, it might mean resentment. It could be permanently damaging um, the heart of a loved one or a relationship that you have. But before you get to that point, let's have Lent. (laughs) Let's pull back, let's deal with that smaller sacrifice, that smaller consequence of limiting our screen time, checking that behavior before it becomes too great. So now as we enter into Lent, me as, uh, what I've been doing as I'm sure what all of us have been doing is to examining is sorry is to examine what it is that needs checked in my own behaviors. Mm-hmm. What is it that um, where have I been spending my time? What have I been investing in? Um, is it good? What needs change in my own heart in my own life? And it turns out, <clears throat> much like Annie, I also never ever ever <laughs> want to have a consequence. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. It's frustrating. It's annoying. But the, probably the most annoying thing about it is it's necessary. Mm. Just like her timeout might be necessary that she can calm herself down. My timeout is necessary so I can calm myself down. Um, it's the same thing. The same speech that I give to my kids is the one that I hear God giving to me. It's good for you. I'm doing this for you because I love you. This is, this is going to change you. This will make you a better person. It's going to help you become the person that God has created you to be. Those are the words I hear coming out of my mouth to Annie, and those are the words I hear God speaking into my heart as we enter into Lent. This little sacrifice, this little suffering is good for you, it's necessary. This consequence is essential in your growth um, and being who you are meant to be, who God is calling you to be. So as uncomfortable, as frustrating, as annoying it might be, I think this Lent, it's good for everyone to deal with their consequences. And to take a little time out, even though, I'll say it again, it's annoying. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah, um, it, it makes me think of, and I think this is a parenting thing, that that we, with younger children, we as parents create artificial consequences or, or exaggerate the consequences so mm-hmm. that they learn. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, when they're older, the consequences will be real and you don't have to like, send them to their room as a consequence (laughs) because they're going to get real consequences you know um Mm -hmm. so that's what i said you know have 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 the have the have not the fight but the the conversation or the consequence Mm -hmm. about legos now Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to have it about cigarettes later um, (laughs) or anything else um yeah yeah. now having
1: said all that when we sat around the table to discuss what are what is it that we're all going to give up for Lent and we were we really like, talking about that like what are the behaviors that you're seeing about yourself that need to be reeled in like what kind of things do you feel like you need to change in your heart and then, so we're like okay so what are we giving up for Lent and it's quiet and people are like maybe throwing out a couple of things and finally Jane blurts out tennis <laughs> <laughs> we have never played a minute of tennis in our lives so like, oh, I'm not really sure how that applies. But then we all started throwing in, like, what are the impossible things that we would give up for Lent? So the end results, the canters this year, Lent 2022, we're giving up tennis and bullfighting.
0: Oh, so, I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be good for our growth. It'll and be then good for your growth. Clara, in her uh, sincerity, she said she was going to give up her nightlight. But from where I was standing in the kitchen next to the loud dishwasher, <laughs> I heard her say... She's going to give up her nightlife. And so I was just imagining what sort oh, of nightlife priceless. a year old that she feels like she needs to really off that one off as a second. Anyway, okay, she said that's... nightlife, but I'm holding her to nightlife.
0: Well, I'm she just going to, to say for those of us that have a nightlife that comes with severe consequences <laughs> as well. Um Julian, thank you. Uh thank you for that 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 lesson and and that profound <laughs> that profound comment that Lent is about consequences, and and that we need to deal with consequences before they become before they take a life on their own. Um, thank you. Um, have welcome. a have a continued blessed Lenten journey. I don't know. We might speak before before Easter. I'm not sure. Um, so uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy your consequences.
1: Enjoy your consequences. Enjoy thank your you. consequences. I certainly will. <laughs>
0: Jillian Cantor. She's always learning something from her kids. She's the wife of David, the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Coming up in our second half hour, the new online Fertility Science Institute, and we meet singer-songwriter Father Maximilian Mary Dean. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm amazed at how very few people have actually heard about natural family planning. I think when most people hear natural family planning, they still think it's all about the rhythm method. But the science has evolved so much since the 60s. In the last decade or so, there have been so many new resources to help couples learn about fertility, and in particular, God's plan for our fertility. And this has been the mission of the Couple to Couple League for the last 50 years. And now they are offering a new online resource, the Fertility Science Institute. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, Katie Zulanas. Katie, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
5: Oh, thank you so much.
0: So, I think I think I understand the work that you do, but can you tell us exactly what the mission is of the Couple to Couple League?
5: Sure, uh, we help couples uh, learn how, natural family planning. So, uh, I guess today we would say fertility awareness based methods. So, ours is symptothermal um, that we specialize in. There's other methods, but ours uses uh, cross checking uh, for accuracy with both um, temperature. And other bio, and then other biomarkers like cervical mucus and so forth. So,
0: okay, so you specialize on on one particular method.
5: We do, although our latest um, uh, our latest outreach now is Fertility Science Institute. Fertility Science Institute has a directory on it that's uh, unique in that it's it shows every method of every t- all the teachers that that are good resource trusted resources for teaching uh, whatever method you you need. Also, doctors. Um, you know, a lactation consultants, um, some psychologists and things like that. So it's, uh, it's, that's a more broad approach that whatever method is good for you, we're happy mm-hmm. to help you find. Right.
0: Practice. It's a more comprehensive approach. Um, but I, I think i I still feel like we need to back up a little bit because there might <laughs> be some people listening, going thermal, what, not what, yeah. and they, they don't know what we're talking about. So what. What exactly is natural family planning? Kind of what falls under that heading? Can you give us, unpack it a little bit?
5: Sure. So uh, natural planning planning would be um, a system where you are able to um, understand your fertility in such a way that you can um, space your children and and understand how that works um, by measure, you know, using biomarkers, we would say. So biomarkers would be um, temperature, cervical mucus. you know, things like that. Um, some use hormones, hormone testing now is more mm-hmm. uh, is very popular. And so by using those and being properly trained, um, you know, you can approach fertility, not as a disease, but as a beautiful component of who you are. And uh, therefore that's the number one thing that we hear from from the couples that we train. They're like, how come no one's told us about this? And they yeah, literally think that there's something wrong with them because of course that's been the narrative of um, big pharma for 50 years that right you know you're broke and here we have a pill to fix that and so uh it's a different it's a whole different approach um you know you recognize your fertility as a gift and something that you but you cooperate with god and his plan by learning these skills and learning um learning about your fertility So,
0: so you're helping the woman get in touch with her own body her the cycles and her own fertility and and if she's if it's in a, if it's a couple then you're also because you're not leaving the man the man out so can you explain a little bit about how this approach which is completely natural and and I think according to god's plan uh, is actually good for the couple
5: Sure. It's, um, uh, some unexpected and beautiful side effects of this are, um, uh, that couples have a, a lesser divorce rate, which we're happy to report. Um, there's been several studies on that because, uh, our joke is if you can talk about mucus, you can talk about anything. So, you know, it really, uh, brings forward, um, There's uh, an understanding that you have to be open with each other, and it's also based on um, there's periodic abstinence. So if you choose to that this isn't this isn't a month when that you should have a child, then um, you need to come to terms with the fact that. you're not going to engage in sexual intercourse together. So then what do you do? You know, like it doesn't, so there's no, so that very often leads to a, a very, very healthy um, psychological profile for people um, um, because they they, it forces them to kind of, um be upfront and deal with issues um right away as they come up and it's also it takes a lot of self-control to to abstain and and that um and to think of another person right to yeah. to, to sacrifice jointly um but that's all good like you uh it's like a boot camp i always call it, for marriage so you're you're constantly like every day it's not so much fun when you have to abstain but you're building up these muscles you know and you're and then we the way that we uh we love our method cuz it's couple to couple so we involve um the husband we suggest perhaps that the husband would um take the temperature record the temperature so wife takes temperature and the husband maybe records it right. well that's good because then the husband um the wife's not the gatekeeper the husband can review the chart right. with the wife and say i know where you are in your cycle right um,
0: And so, so he's participating exactly. Yeah, it's always unintended consequences. Yeah, exactly. Now, the Fertility Science Institute, and I think that couple to couple as well. But but it's not just about planning your family necessarily, or or uh, it's more than that. Can you tell us? I I would say it's fertility care, and there's so many more. Uh, benefits and resources available, not just for couples. Tell us a little bit about who else these resources are for.
5: Sure. Um, I think that uh, those of us who have uh, become involved with the ministry, which is you know, thousands of, of uh, couples that have uh, volunteered their time and resources to share this good news are so convicted because what we learn is that it's a good thing. The church has said, not, not the only thing, but it's a good thing. So when you practice national plan planning, it, it leads you into a a, a good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, you know you bring up good points. So, like Fertility Sciences Institute, we're doing a um, a Lenten um, cooking series right now. So it's uh you know how to feast while you're fasting. So it brings you know it's a more integrated approach. At the end of the day, you end up with um, if you want to have good fertility, you have to have good uh, good nutrition to have a okay. good cycle, and then. You have a good nutrition, then your whole family benefits from that, right? Because you're not just going to make a good meal for yourself; you're going to make it for your whole family. So, um, these are some of the beautiful things that we find um, is a whole lifetime. So, theology, the body—much easier okay. to explain. You know, when you're kind of in that, in the mm-hmm. understanding, and you're self-sacrificing, you you go, "Why? Why am I doing this?" Well theology of the body. Then that becomes an opening to talk to you about that. So you're absolutely right. What we realize with fertility science issue, it's a multifaceted um, and it's a, it's a path. So we say, right. You know, um, we can get you on the right path. You know? Right.
0: And you're not, you're not, you're also helping couples who are not able to conceive. um. Mm-hmm. To, to conceive. So it's not just about preventing conception, but it's also helping couples to achieve conception.
5: Absolutely. Um, yeah. We just talked to somebody last week and she was saying, I took it when I was um, engaged, I thought I was totally fine. And then I found out from my chart that I was infertile yeah. because my luteal phase was so small. And she said, I'm so grateful because I would have probably ended up you know, having a lot of problems and that would have been a great heartache to me. And instead I was able to do some nutritional things and stuff yes, and get and it actually, myself and she, to a healthy place.
0: And she was uh-huh. able to conceive. Um, and also, I guess, women after, you know, post menopause, I guess that, that okay. it's also part of that. So, 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 so you're, you're able to help women as they transition into that stage of life. Correct.
5: Correct. That's uh, that's a very underserved. Uh,
0: I can imagine
5: market Uh, people talk about it um it's and and so instead if you if you take this approach of valuing fertility, both men and women, you know, and you you, you get involved and you become empowered and you understand it, um, it leads you to a much, much healthier outcomes because um, you're, you know, you're much better able to talk with your doctor. So if there's misunderstandings and, and you know, things, where we have coaches now as part of our Fertility Science Institute, um, we've always had them, now we call them coaches. So you can get on your mm-hmm. 20 minute free co- consultation. They can help you you know is this a medical issue is this something we can try some nutritional stuff with and they can just you know or do we just need to you know be be someone there on the journey that you just you know says hey this happens sometimes and we're okay like this is not this is not strange you're you're good
0: exactly so no matter where people are on that journey young women as they're starting to get into the that world of fertility and they need Mm -hmm. care uh couples as they get engaged Uh, having children, being able to prevent or achieve pregnancy, Mm -hmm. and even in the older uh, years of life, Mm -hmm. all those resources are available at Mm -hmm. the Fertility Science Institute. Um, Correct. So it doesn't matter where people are, and as you said, people can go and and there are free consultations or depending on what the issue is or the concern is or the question. So I really hope that this is inspiring a lot of our listeners uh, that maybe didn't even know this was available. So this is, this is great. Katie, thank you so much for the work that you've been doing and congratulations on the 50th anniversary of
2: Couple to Couple (laughs) League. That's
0: just amazing. Uh, Thank you for what you do. And I'm very excited about this new resource and I hope that uh, our listeners are as well.
5: Okay. Well, we appreciate the time. Thank you so
0: much. Katie Zulanas is the executive director of the Couple to Couple League. You can learn about them at ccli.org, and you can visit the Fertility Science Institute at fertilityscienceinstitute.org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Father Maximilian Mary Dean, with his single "Forgive."
2: Must die pur-
0: That was Father Maximilian Mary Dean with his single, Forgive. Father Maximilian Mary Dean has been making music since he was a kid, playing piano and guitar and then picking up many more instruments along the way. While studying classical guitar, he had a major conversion. He'd received a degree of philosophy from Franciscan University and joined the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal in 1992. In 1995, he left to join the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate, where he was until 2016, when he entered the Diocese of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, as a diocesan hermit. But he hasn't stopped making music. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Father Maximilian Mary Dean. Father Maximilian, it's a great pleasure to meet you. Welcome to the Salt and Night Hour.
4: Thank you so much for having me on. This is great.
0: This is great, and and I I I was joking at the beginning of the show that I'm I'm maybe ashamed that I had never heard of you, or um, so I'm very happy to to have met you and 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 to have you on the show. Um, Tell us uh, quickly. uh, I always like to ask our guests what growing up was like. Did you come from a Catholic family? What was it like growing up?
4: Yeah. So. Basically, my my I think my family started on the right track. Uh, you know, we would go to mass as a family. My dad was not Catholic, but he still would go to mass, and we would go as a family. And it was right around the age of nine, or I think around ten years old, actually, where my mom and dad stopped going to mass. So my mom fell away from her faith, okay. And I basically hit my teen years without the faith, without the sacraments, without. Catechism without prayer. And it was really hard because my parents' marriage was on the rocks and they divorced Mm -hmm. when I was 15. So it was rough through the teen years, especially. Mm -hmm. And music really kind of helped me get through that to be honest. I can imagine.
0: I can imagine. Were you I mean, I know you were already playing music, but were you writing songs at that time?
4: Uh, little yeah little songs here and there you know it's funny you, when you listen to the great the greats you know of your age you think oh i'll never be able to write a song like that but you tried and then you discover that you know you you, you know that there is kind of an art to it and part of that is learning you know many many songs and and yeah kind of developing your own style yeah, and, it's a
0: craft yeah yeah i think a lot of us were writing music as as, as children or, or teens but they weren't great <laughs> it wasn't great music um so tell tell us a little bit about the conversion experience. What happened?
4: Yeah, so I was actually in a very successful uh, rock band. We were we were a cover band, but we were into the heavier stuff in the 80s. We had a booking agent. We were playing all the venues in the Indianapolis, greater Indianapolis area. And right. for a high school band, it was pretty cool, you know, to have yeah. your name up on the marquee and, you know, to hear your name on the radio that we were playing someplace or, you know, having little posters and things. Um, so the, the funny thing is that when I was 17, I was a year or two years younger than all the members of my band. I was the lead guitarist. Okay. And they decided we were so successful after two years, they wanted to make it big. They wanted to go on the road Mm -hmm. and they put this life-changing decision in front of me. And they basically said, we're going on the road. And do you want to come with us? In other words, do you want to drop out of high school and try to make it big with us? Wow! And I just said, I said, do you have a contract with some major label, which I knew they didn't. But I was like, if you have a contract with a major label, then then I'll go. But if it's just a pipe dream, I need to have my diploma first. You know, you guys all have your diplomas. I don't. So they they basically kicked me out. Mm. And that was huge because my senior year, I was kind of twiddling my thumbs while my previous band that I spent all the time with was on the road. And it made me reflect on things like why I was so empty inside. Um, so I was in a successful band. I had good friends, I had a girlfriend. I had um, good grades and I was empty, empty, empty. And I was just like, well, I can become more famous and have better grades and get a doctorate and, and I can have more friends. But if it's not fulfilling me now, what, why, why would it fulfill me later? And that's when the search began for God, the search mm-hmm. for meaning, something beyond uh, just the passing world right so it was through reading the scripture i went to college studying classical guitar as you mentioned and uh um, i was reading anything to find god i was reading Mm -hmm. zen and the quran and the bible but when i read the passion when i read that when jesus died the centurion at that moment said truly this man was the son of god Mm. and at that moment i mean i can't explain it It wasn't there's no philosophical reason or whatever but at that moment i was infused with the gift of faith and i knew that jesus was god that he died on the cross for my sins and then eventually through the the message of fatima i kind of came back to my catholic faith right and began studying for the priesthood and and then i was always using my music for the lord now and
0: the rest is history um I, and I think I understand when I when I when I read that you had joined the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, I thought, oh, that makes sense. Um, and I know, I mean, we don't have time to go into too much detail. That's clearly not where God was was eventually leading to you. But I, I wanted to understand a little bit more: why a hermit? Where did that come from? uh, as a, as a Boy, specific call. And I guess some people might not even know what a hermit is.
4: Right. Right. Well, it, it's what you think it is a person that lives alone, <laughs> you know, and I kind of a isolated person, but it, it, you know, I was drawn to the Franciscans because of the poverty and the prayer mm-hmm. and the penance. And from the friars of the renewal, I transferred to the friars of the immaculate most mm-hmm. mostly out of my love for our blessed mother, right. But also I had a great love, obviously for St. Maximilian, my namesake. and yes. they also were very heavy using the mass media okay Uh, so the fires of the renewal are definitely more on the ground with their feet you know preaching the youth the poor whereas the franciscans of the immaculate are much more like publishing books and music and the you know the the internet and using the mass media the way saint maximilian did and i was kind of drawn to that and then within the franciscans of the immaculate i ended up being the the kind of the, the superior you could say the founder but not the founder of the order but of this contemplative branch of the order and eventually just felt called to continue my franciscan vocation uh as a strictly contemplative solitary
0: hermit so so just to clarify so you continue being a franciscan yes i mean because you're ordained as a franciscan priest right
4: right but it's in the spirit of saint francis i'm not obliged for example by the rule of the friar's minor because it's for an order of religious but i I'm a hermit with my own rule, but it's obviously it even has quotes of Saint Francis and Saint Maximilian in my rule,
0: It's And it's and it's uh, and it's specifically for a for a diocese. So do you make uh, promises or of obedience or anything to the bishop? How does that work? Yes, yeah. yeah. So
4: you do poverty, chastity, and obedience, and the obedience is to obviously the to the church, the Holy Father, the bishop, uh, and. You know that's kind of how it works, but as long as I don't do anything too crazy, uh, 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 the, the bishop doesn't have to correct <laughs> me too much. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And, and as a as a hermit and pray, uh,
0: and as a hermit, would you be affiliated with a parish or like do you celebrate mass? How how do how would that work in terms of your ministry?
4: Yeah, so um, I mean, it's a loaded question. I think every hermit. Part of that is just hermits are unique because they're alone. So of course it's going to be unique. (laughs) But uh for me personally, the the one it's not really a pastoral ministry, but I do offer mass for a community of cloistered Carmelite nuns not far from here. Okay. And so I offer mass for them, sometimes hear confessions, and that's that's it. Right. That's it. I so I don't have a parish, I'm not involved in any other ministries. And then the humor of all of this is that about a year into it our lady and the holy spirit started calling me to record music and play instruments i hadn't played for 30 years right and i'm laughing now because if i was in a community i could never do what i'm doing now interesting interesting Uh, in other words as a hermit i can play the drums and the guitar i can i can dedicate my work period to to music
0: and would you say that the music now is the bulk of your ministry or is that just something you do on the side? Um, Well, I, I just,
4: yeah, I don't know how to how to describe it. It's not like a pastoral ministry because no. I never have to leave the hermitage. No. Even the other musicians with the the, the way the internet works, I'm yes. able to get a sax player from Barcelona and a harmony singer yeah. in Slovenia and
0: Yeah, it's you know, great we can do that yeah, nowadays, yes. You know,
4: and a fiddle player from Nashville and I never have to leave the hermitage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's a way I can create a sort of a soundtrack a catholic soundtrack for people that want to have something to listen to where the, it's catchy it's 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 beautiful but the message is not leading us away from god but to god
0: right yeah and i and i think you you are doing that and of course as a hermit you probably rely on donations so i'm going to make sure that i'm putting in a plug there to our listeners that they know that they can support you um, cuz you're not making you're not making money out of this uh necessarily Um, yeah
4: well i i think i uh what i'm gonna say is uh the music the i feel sorry for musicians i i depend on divine providence but you know if you get a million streams on spotify i think you get three cents or maybe it's four cents something like that and nobody buys cds so i don't know how they do it i depend on divine providence and i just make the music for the love of god but uh it's yeah so But my my favorite thing is support me by your prayers and by listening to the music. And if you like CDs, uh, I know most of you are probably in Canada. It does cost $20 million for the shipping and $5 (laughs) or something for the the merchandise. $20 million
0: and it gets lost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no. um, Father Maximilian, um, it's been really good meeting you and chatting. I I know that we're going to have lots of opportunities to chat again because I know you're not going to stop making music. So thank you, for, uh, thank you for what you do and for sharing uh, about it with us today.
4: Thank you so much. And God bless you all. Peace.
0: You can learn more about Father Maximilian Mary Dean and listen to and purchase his music at his website, fathermaxmusic.com. And you can also, of course, find him streaming in all platforms. If you missed any part of this interview or any part of the show, you can head on over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And uh, you can find all our programs archived there. Here now to take us out is Father Maximilian Mary Dean with Come Holy Spirit from his album, A Battle Cry Goes Out.
2: Come Holy Spirit with the fire of your love. Come Holy Spirit come, Come Holy Spirit with the fire
0: listening to Father Maximilian Mary Dean with Come Holy Spirit from his album A Battle Cry Goes Out and that will take us to the end of our program today. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at esolmedia.org Just look for podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me pedro at esolmedia.org I love your messages and I respond to every single message I get. Next week, what's good in Hollywood and a taste of the common good. And we'll be joined by Marie Miller. So I hope that you can join us for that. Remember to stay safe, continue praying for each other, take care of each other, pray for peace in Ukraine, and may you have a blessed beginning to your Lenten journey. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Saltonite Hour.